Today we have Jimmy Rex on the podcast. Jimmy has turned into a close friend. I reached out to him a couple years ago to have him come on our podcast, and he did. And then the relationship has just progressed since then. Now I've gone on a couple of trips with Jimmy, part of his mastermind group, and just a phenomenal human being. He sold over 2,500 homes. He's been in real estate for 18 years. He's an avid investor. He's invested in over a dozen businesses. He owns multiple businesses himself. He's an incredible networker, the best that I know, and multiple people say he's the best uh, in the state. He has a, an incredible podcast. If you don't subscribe to his podcast, go follow it. I think there are 358 episodes in. Uh, he's a speaker. He's an author. He published the book, You End Up Where You're Heading. He's a world traveler, been to 84 countries, uh, big into human rights. He's gone on the Underground Railroad mission, which is just incredible. Big philanthropist. I mean, he literally is such an incredible human, and I've loved getting to know him and uh, even a more special human being than all those things I just went through. So let's get into the podcast today. Hey, Jimmy, what's up, dude? Dude, good to be here, Brandon. Thanks for coming on, man. We just uh, got back from Lake Powell this last weekend with the We Are The They group. Had a great time, right? Dude, it's so fun. It's, you know, it's that's one of my most sacred places on earth because I've been there probably 50 times, you know, 10 times with my family, you know, so many times with different just amazing people and friends and to be able to take the group there. Uh, yeah, it was special, man. It was fun. It was special. And it's cool. It's so cool to take guys that have never been boating before and that'll probably never go boating again. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was funny because when I got down there, I had, you know, five or six of the guys with me that kind of work for us that are part of the group and, and none of them had ever been boating before. And I had to anchor two houseboats. I had my wakeboarding boats. We had to launch all this stuff. And I kind of just tried to empower them and let them go Figure for it. it. Out, right? Yeah, but you know, sometimes that comes with learning curves and and growing pains and I almost got killed by an anchor, but otherwise, you know, but it's cool because those guys are growing in real time. I remember the first time I had to back a boat in and it screwed it up it's six hard. different times. Yeah. I remember the first time I sunk a houseboat. You know? <laughs> and if you're listening to this and you haven't seen that video, just Google Jimmy Rex houseboat. You'll trust me. It's worth it. Dude, I was nervous it was going to happen again this trip because the houseboat we were supposed to take, it wasn't, I just bought into it a couple months ago. And did you know about this one? No, I got, so I, I got down there I two days. I got down there two days early to get everything ready. Set it all up. Yeah. And I yeah. just knew there, there was always problems with like pal. And the houseboat I bought into is actually a piece of garbage, dude. Um, but the, we got there, the generator was out, so we spent a half a day getting that fixed, and the batteries weren't working, and then the water pump wasn't working. Dude, the thing was like tilted in the water. I was like, I'm gonna take this out, and it's going to sink. Like, you sink one houseboat, it's like, yeah, you, you know, know, things happen. You sink two, yeah. like, you're red flagged at that point. You know, <laughs> it's my last time I'm gonna be allowed on a boat, so. Yeah. No, it's good. Like we had one guy go to the ER. Right? <laughs> dude, how did the crash of wave runners, like, I always, and, it's funny because I was supposed to, those wave runners belong to the houseboat. And I actually told the dude that's in charge of the houseboat, I don't want to take them because stuff always happens. People yeah. always get hurt. When and you get 40 guys, stuff, it's oh, just dude. It's, well, it's, there's a, an awareness when you're on a lake, you know, certain things. And if you don't know wave runners, you know, when yeah. you let off the gas, they don't turn. There's no, and there's, there's no break. Right. And so, and I knew something's going to happen. I knew better. And sure enough, two guys collide and one of them ends up in Broke his rib and his pelvis, dude. So, yeah, I remember loading him on the boat. Like, me and you were both there, <laughs> yeah. loading him on. I'm like, 
I was scared, but the the smiles like right now I can still remember three different people the smiles that they had when they got up on the on the surfboard for the first time. Oh, dude, just there's nothing ear, better. So stoked! I know and proud of themselves. Uh, we did a fire walk where Jimmy had somebody come. What was that guy's name? Super cool from South Africa. Um, I can't remember his name, but yeah, well, his name's his company name's Ronin, R O N I N. Yeah, the, uh, I found that guy because I was going to do it myself, which would have been a bad idea. Uh, but I wanted to do a fire walk. You know, I know the power of that and just mindset and, and getting yeah. to that place. But um, Dakota, actually, who helps me with my podcast studio and everything else, he found this guy. He just started researching it, and it was awesome. They it they was crushed so it. So awesome. So the. They set out all these hot coals. It's 2,000 degrees. And, dude, what's crazy, I can't remember the last time I was scared to do something. <laughs> that's that's what it's supposed to do. Right? Yeah. Like, I was legit scared <laughs> when we were talking about it. And then, obviously, like, once he teaches. And I'm an adrenaline guy. Like, it takes a lot to scare me. Yeah. And... I'm like, this is sick because I can't remember the last time that I felt that. I love that. That yeah. validates why I wanted to do it then. So if it makes somebody like you uncomfortable, you know, who is very comfortable doing a lot of things, because yeah. that's the thing about life, you know, when when we get in this place where we're just comfortable, that's where you got to look out because there's no growth in comfortability. Totally. I remember, you know, for three, four years, a couple of years ago, I was just in, dude, I was, my life was on cruise control. Everything was just going amazing. Every week I was just having the best time. Everything was on, you know, just going so well. And coming into 2020, I actually told all my friends, I said, I'm going to have the hardest year of my life. And this was before we knew there was going to be a pandemic One and everything before, else, right? Oh yeah. Before. Well, I told everybody that because, and they said, why? And I said, well, because I'm ready to grow again. I knew it. I was ready to go to that next level. I, now, Jimmy Rex was not made for a pandemic world. Let's just say that. Like everything <laughs> I love. Like oh, dude. It's yeah, like I love to travel. I love people. I love yeah, freedom. Yes. Love, sure. And so pandemic hits and I was going through a rough relationship. I got in a wreck on the freeway going 80 miles an hour. I Some dude was drunk and parked his car in the middle lane at night and I never saw him until I hit him. I mean, everything. Yeah. Dude, some really, I mean, I, I dealt with a lot of things, but it was so cool because that was the year that prepped me for what I'm doing now. I would have never been able to do We Are The They if I hadn't gone through that brutal year of growth in 2020. And so 100%. it's just kind of fun to to kind of look at, you know, obstacles that way. And if you can get yourself uncomfortable, that's yeah. the whole thing with the ice bath, right? Or waking up early or fasting. It's all these things that just make you uncomfortable, 75 hard. You know, that's where the growth is. And that's how you get to that next level. So when you all of a sudden, you know, you're uh, walking on hot coals. Well, that's going to push you into the next time you have to do something that's a little bit risky or scary. It's going to yeah. be that much easier to do it. And one, one thing I'll say about you, too, that I thought was so sick. One of our guiding principles is lead from the front at Empower. And so we have 50 guys lined up. And there's a trick to this whole thing. If you ever do it, they put on these hot coals. And in my opinion, because I did it right after they put on the hot coals, then they have like 10 guys walk through and then they got to put on new hot coals. And I was like last on one. I did it twice. And then I was like first on one. And Jimmy's like, okay, I'll go first. And the coals are just blazing. They're all red. And I just, I, I already have so much respect for you, but that was a moment where I'm like just another notch, right? Because Jimmy's like, I'm going first. And it's way hotter right after they do it than 10 guys. Well, dude, there was two it. parts of it. Cause yeah, A, it was way hotter, but B, I didn't know the pace. So if you noticed, I went first and I went without him. I didn't want him yeah, to that, take me I across. Yeah. And I went quite a bit slower than he was pulling the, people across. I totally afterwards. noticed that on the second one. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's, <laughs> you like, know. That's why he's there is to 
Because you're like, I don't want to hold a grown man's hand. Like, no, I'm this? like, this, I'm doing this without holding this guy's hand. Yeah. Totally. So anyway. Well, back to what you were saying, though. I remember, I can't remember when I wrote this down, but I wrote this down. You said, if you're hard on yourself, life is easy on you. If you're easy on yourself, life is hard on you. And that's just everything that you're talking about. And you embody that so much. And and so I'm just super grateful for what you stand for. And that's that's a really cool lesson. 2020 set up this year. Yeah. No, and, it was, and I knew it. And that, that was what was cool is, you know, I've gotten to this place where in the moment when something's hard or something's not going right, I can find the um, gratitude in the moment now. Because, you know, we always give thanks for the things that go right or the blessings we have. But yeah. I've gotten to this point now where when something starts going wrong, in that moment, I'm excited about it. I really am because yeah. I know it's going to be a good story. I know it's going to be a lesson. I know that I'm going to grow from it. And so instead of being like, ah, oh, why is this happening to me? You know, in that moment, I go, well, this is something. Like, I'm going to learn something out of this. And I love growing through that. And so I quit looking at things as being, you know, right or wrong, good or bad. And there's simply things you learn from and things that you get to, you know, just enjoy. I can speak to that for you too, because I've, I've been there in one of those moments and I love, I feel like that's what bonds friendships to another level is when stuff doesn't go as planned, right? <laughs> Talking about the Bahamas. So Jimmy plans this Bahamas <laughs> trip and the whole purpose of the entire trip is to go swim with sharks, right? So we get out there, the weather's too crazy, we can't go dive, so Jimmy figures out how to get everybody to a different island to go see the sharks. So that's pivot one, right? That's the first audible. Then we go out to that island, and it's the last day of the trip. We're out on this boat for five hours straight, waiting for the sharks. They're not showing up, they're just nowhere to be found. And all these guys got certified to go scuba diving just for this trip. Like everybody's been waiting for this moment for months. And it's looking like it's just going to be a dud. Like we all flew out to the Bahamas for nothing, right? And so the dive guides are like, all right, 30 minutes, we're going to have to call a scene and head back. And then everybody flies out the next morning. So everybody starts putting on their gear and we start getting ready and just there was no hope i think for Dude, the guy told boat, i right? asked him i asked the guy i said what are the chance because at that point he said hey let's just jump and we'll dive with what's down there but you know unfortunately the hammer is and it's not a zoo like they don't sometimes <laughs> yeah, they come sometimes they don't still. you know they can go anywhere and he, i asked him i said what are the odds is i because me and you were the last two off the, off boat. the boat and yeah. i asked him i said i said what are the odds we'll see one down here just now because usually you don't get in the water until they appear. So they know in the day before they'd showed up after two hours. And, you know, and so like we had already been two hours past that. And he goes, dude, it's slim to none. And the guy that feeds the sharks, because you get in a circle and then he feeds them from a cage. That's how they, you know, lure him in and keep them there. He goes, he did, he's not even taking his gloves to feed the sharks. Like it wasn't happening. He, the guides weren't expecting it at all. They had wrote it off. No, it was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, Jimmy, it was cool to see Jimmy in his moments that he was just talking about because back against the wall in a corner, all he has is a lot of attraction. At that <laughs> I just said, I said, I said, I said, sharks have eight senses. I'm manifesting this son of a bitch. <laughs> he is coming in. And bro, when I got down there, everyone was staring at the cage or at the feed box. And they yeah. were like looking at the, you know, there were some bull sharks and some nurse sharks. I'm staring into the deep blue. And I was like, come on, you mother effer. Like, come on. I know you're out there. And I just kept manifesting it, dude. And I'll yeah. be damned 20 minutes it later. It showed up, guys. It <laughs> showed up. So we're all down there in a circle. And out of nowhere comes this hammerhead shark. And I think everybody had a tear in their eye. 
and we're laughing at the same time. Bro, like, I literally we were... had to fix my mask. I was emotional. <laughs> I was because I was like wanted it so bad for so you guys. Bad. I was yeah. there the day before. We had three hammerheads and a tiger and shark. You've done it before. Oh, I've done. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, but I was so happy for the guys. It was funny. So it's just cool because you know you see people in their good circumstance, and anybody can be happy and stoked in a good circumstance. It's different to see people in a really bad circumstance, you know. And I wouldn't have got in the water if it was just me and like. You know, a different group I wouldn't have got in. But because, like, you got to support it, you know, you could not know, get in I at know. that point. <laughs> and it just pulled through. So the other thing is just traveling, right? When you're traveling, friendships just always grow because you see new people, you experience new things. And for me, I'm just a big believer in experiences. And so talking about that, I love to travel. You love to travel. You've been, I think, to 84 countries, right? Yeah, 84. I've I'm, I'm got another trip planned this summer. I'll be at 92 when that one's over. 92. So, so you're going to knock out a bunch on that one trip. And and I know we're passionate about it. I remember texting you because you're trying to get to 100 on your 40th. I'm like, bro, I'll buy a ticket anywhere in the world. You just <laughs> point a finger on the map and we'll go. Um, but it's stoked to go to maybe Brazil next year and some cool things that we're doing. Yeah, Isla- we got some, we got some trips fall. ahead of us, bro. Yeah, some really good ones. But why do you think traveling means so much to you? I heard a, I heard a quote one time. And uh, said, travel is the enemy of ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. And what that means is, is you know, I used to be afraid, for example, you, you're, you don't, you're afraid of what you don't know. We're afraid of what we're not familiar with. And so going and experiencing different cultures, different places, different areas, um, you know, you go to Mexico. I lived there for a couple of years on my Mormon mission and yeah. go down there. And all of a sudden, I love going to Latin America. And I was so uncomfortable when I first got down there. You know, there's so many things that are new and unfamiliar. But then, you know, all of a sudden you start traveling all over the world. And I remember I went, I have a buddy, he was born in Palestine. Okay. Um, excuse me, his mom was born out in Palestine, his dad was born in Egypt. So he was born in Egypt. Um, but I went to Israel and I wanted to go to Israel and Egypt, and he couldn't come with me to Israel because of his his nationality. But um, I met up with him in Egypt where his family's at, and they hadn't seen him in 11 years. And so I went and I did Israel, and I met up with him in Egypt, and we had dinner at his house that night, you know, both nights we were there um, in, wow. in Cairo. Just an experience you couldn't get. Well, dude, and his whole family's Muslim, right? And my whole life, I've, I've never known any Muslim people who live in sure. Utah. Like, they basically totally. don't exist, you know? And... Uh, I mean, I'd, I'm sure I'd met someone didn't know or whatever, but never really spent time with them. And I spent two full days and nights with this family. And by the end of it, you know, one of the, <clears throat> his mom came up to me and again, he hadn't been home in 11 years and, um, I'll get a little emotional thinking about it, but he, you know, she comes up to me and, and she starts crying and, and this is after we've spent two days together and she just gets to, you know, see the kind of person that I am. And, and she says, uh, she says, I've been so worried about my boy over in the United States and to see that he has a friend like you, somebody, you know, that is so loving and so willing to just accept him as, as he is. And, um, it means everything to me as a mom. And, you know, that story gets me emotional because it was like, I was so afraid of Muslim people. I didn't, all I know is they were it's trying unknown, to kill us. Right? Yeah. Totally. Um, like quote unquote. Um, but and when you start to small group, totally, it's like radical right? Islam yeah. is a whole very different, but you don't know, like you don't even know what you don't know. And so going over there and experiencing that all of a sudden, you know, it's just humanity. It's just, it's just more people that are just loving each other. And all they want to do is, is love their families, love each other, love, you know, people. And so it's just really cool. Like that's just one example of honestly hundreds that I've had where traveling expands your mind, expands your heart. Um, some of those different things. hundred percent. Yeah. I remember the first time that I was around Muslims and I'm like, they're so disciplined. They're so respectful. Like, 
there's so much beauty in that religion that I think so many people could learn from. Yeah. Well, then, you know, you go hang out with a Polynesian family and see how much they freaking care for each other as a totally. community. Yeah. Those uncles raise those kids. And that's a reason that there's, there's like a community that raises the children still like how it used to be in the, here in the U S and it's so beautiful to watch, you know, and then just everywhere. I mean, go to Africa and you, you know, learn from those people and just all these different things, man. And, and so it's really fun for me. I, I love it. I also think that when you travel, um, it helps you to, uh, just get new ideas. I'm always picking stuff up, right. Way For that, sure. you know, people do their business way that people run their companies, way that people talk or treat each other, just different ideas and things. Yeah. Um, but also I think that you have a different reverence for the universe, for the earth when you've traveled and experienced it. Sure. Like you care more. I care more about nature. I care about the ocean. I care about sharks. I care about protecting the earth. I care, you know, I'm funny, like people don't know where to put me, um, politically because I go pretty far right on some things and pretty far left on other things. Yeah. But like, I really care about the planet and I hate the way that businesses and industries have destroyed it. And it's, I'm a capitalist in my nature, but I also am not naive to the issues that that's caused with the environment. Absolutely. And so there's in a lot of that I learned by traveling and seeing it firsthand is I just want to, I want this earth to survive. I want people to be able to go in the ocean and swim as sharks. And you know, if we don't stop the shark fin trade and, and some of the you know, like the, where they take the nets and they just sweep the bottom of the ocean for, you know, and all the, yeah, it's just, they're, they're just destroying this earth. And I think that was part of what, like the earth's going to fight back and it's going to happen in ways where we're not going to be able to, we're not going to like it, but it's the earth protecting itself so that it can survive because we're just not doing a good job of taking care of it. I totally get the capitalism thing because I'm very pro business Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurship, but then sometimes you see the down side of that, right? Where people are just casting their nets or making money, but at what expense? And so traveling opens up. I'll never forget, my wife and I, we moved to Costa Rica right after we got married. And we lived, we purposely wanted to stay outside any city and wanted to be like in a really, really small area with the locals. No tourism, right? And there's this, our favorite place to surf, there's these couple houses that we go back and see every time that there's no walls, it's all dirt floors, the chairs on dirt floor, the TVs on dirt, and it's just a tin roof with uh, wooden sticks holding up, you know, on all the corners. But honestly, the biggest smiles I've ever seen in my life are there. And it just totally flips your paradigm where I think in the U.S. we base our happiness on what we acquire and what we have. And there they don't have anything. They have family. Yeah. But I think they're happier. And then that gives you that bug like, I want to keep traveling. I want to keep seeing more. And now... I bet you feel the same way. I'm more scared of knowing only what I know. Like I, I want, I can't race fast enough to what I don't know. Yeah. And I want to experience that as yeah, much Yeah. I think as one of the, you know, I was filling out a thing the other day to apply for this, uh, mastermind that I wanted to go to. And they asked one of the questions was three words to describe you. And one of them I put was curious. Because, dude, I, I can't deal with people that don't want to go to depth, that don't want to be curious. Like, I want to know everything, right? Yeah. I want to, I'm very open to the idea that my mind could be changed very quickly if I come across new evidence. Like, I want to learn more. I want to totally. experience more. And, and I'm very open to that. I think, you know, I think people that have to be certain about the way that life is, I think they really live a very limited life. If you're not open to, you know, I mean, I used to think I knew exactly where I was from, where I'm going, why I'm here, what's right, what's wrong. And I took all that off the table, right? And all of a sudden, none of that was uh, what I believed. I mean, 100% was bought into. And, you know, when I can look at that now and go, okay, well, if I could be 
you know, that wrong about all that. And I thought I had the answers. I mean, I was a hundred percent certain. I'm like, what else am I maybe not certain about? And I start asking myself that question all the time. I'm like, I'll ask myself that about my political views all the time. I'm like, okay, Jimmy, well, like, what if, you know, I had this whole idea about COVID and I had a friend question, you know, my theory around the whole thing. And he gave me a complete opposite theory of what was going on. And normally I'd have been like, no, that's an idiot idea. And I was like, damn, okay, I'm going to sit with that for a few days. And what if that is correct? Like Tony Robbins has a question. Anytime, you know, you're really stuck on something, he says to ask yourself, well, what if that wasn't true? What if that wasn't true? Then what? And if you just ask that question, then it really helps you to expand. Like if you're dead set on like this, you know, let's say like it's in a relationship and your yeah. wife or girlfriend did something and you're just convinced that they're this monster about it. Well, what if that wasn't true? What if um, they weren't trying to hurt you? What if they weren't being mad or bad or whatever that might have been? Sure. And then all of a sudden you have to come up with a new reason because we create a story of what that we give it meaning because of that. But if we question that very meaning that we've put on it, a lot of times we find out we're wrong. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that there's just so much in that. But I was just talking with Melissa yesterday, actually, and Melissa was relating this whole thing to it's like talking to somebody is like a stagnant pond. It smells bad. It looks bad. The water's dirty. And it just, if you've ever spoke to somebody that's very open-minded and they want to get their beliefs challenged versus somebody that's like, no, this is how it is. Like I'd always rather talk to that person. Same. Cause I want to see the other perspective. Stephen Covey has that, the two pictures of the ladies where one looks young and one looks mm -hmm. old in seven habits. And what he used to always talk about is the values and the difference. You want people that see the other side. Cause that's, what's going to help you learn and progress. But most people, I think, only look for people that see the exact same thing. As yeah, same. I mean, it's like people more want to be, um, you know, they want to be validated as opposed to being challenged. The right. like, Republicans watch Fox News and Democrats watch MSNBC because they'd rather get validated in their beliefs than actually challenge them, right? Totally. Um, and I, I'll give you, this is something that I started doing recently with people when they have an issue with somebody is I have this new question that I say that I ask them. And we actually had two guys in the group. They were doing a business thing together and it just didn't go right. And I listened to both sides and both of them believed they were in the right. And both of them to them were probably in the right. And the one guy was dead set that the other guy was wrong. And so I eventually got them together and they got to hear each other out. It was really beautiful. Like it's the, by the way, we have 50 guys who all have 50 relationships. It's the only issue that I know of that we've had that was like, I needed to kind of mediate yeah, it right yeah. of, in six months, which is pretty cool. That's 2,500 relationships, especially a bunch of alphas, a bunch of We're alphas. I know these are alphas. dudes that are, I know. And, but it was cool because after we talked and the question I asked the dude, I said, Hey, what if there's no bad guys in this story? You know, mm. have you ever seen something happen like a wreck happens or something and everybody saw it the way they saw it? I said, sure. maybe look at look at situations now instead of needing like, um, you know, if you break up with somebody, maybe like tell the stories if there's no bad guys. Like people so want to validate themselves by making the other person wrong or bad or whatever else. Yeah. And just ask yourself that like, hey, what if in this story there's no bad guys? So true. What if he's his truth is his and yeah. yours is yours and both are OK. But like, let's get to a spot where, and it was actually really cool because I saw them bonding a lot on the, on the Lake Powell trip. I know that there's no weirdness anymore. They yeah. both were able to overlook, so you know, cool. to get through this. But a lot of times there's just not a bad guy in the story. We want to make it out like there is, but a lot of times there's not. And I'm just going to get a, just a tiny bit political and it, it's just because I need to be authentic here. But I see that so often with government is like every, anytime anything bad happens, 
they're out to get me. And I just think whether that's true or not, it's just such a negative energy mm-hmm. that I just, I, that I love it. What if there is no bad guys? Yeah. Well, that was happened? my, the thing on COVID where the guy got to change my mind. Cause I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on, but clearly something is up. Like there's so much bullshit for sure. that like something is wrong here. And he said, well, what if they're doing it for your benefit? What if they have to because the planet's killing itself and people do have to die off? Yeah. What if they're actually the good guys in the story? I was like, ooh, I don't like that, but I'm going to sit in it for a couple of days because it's like all these people, you're like, they're clearly doing this on purpose and it was in the yeah. lab and everything else. Yeah. And it's like, what if that is to, to help the planet survive? What if it's the only way for this planet to go on and they don't, we don't know all the information, but they do. And I was like, I at least still sit in that. And like you, cause it's a better narrative than they're all out to get us and kill us. And they're all evil. I'm like, that doesn't make sense either. So I'm like, well, maybe, maybe it is for our own good that COVID had to happen and they did do it on purpose, but maybe it's to save all of us because we got to save ourselves from ourselves. hundred percent. Yeah. You brought up something else. I just thought of, I remember at my last company, uh, somebody, I'll just say it, it, it higher up in the company, got kicked out of the company and then kicked off the board and all this stuff. And I'll never forget this moment that the investors were in a board meeting and he said, do you want to be to this person? Do you want to be right? Or do you want to win? And I'll never forget that. Now I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what my opinion is anymore. I don't care. I just want to win. That could be spiritually. That could be with anything in the argument with the relationship. Like just take your ego out. Yeah. Well, when you get your ego out of the way, you can, that's what real love is. It's getting your ego out of the way. I learned a really important lesson on my mission. My mission president was a, a beautiful man and, and taught me a lot of uh, great lessons. I remember one time there was this missionary. He was a great missionary, but he gets up in his own meeting and he, he says, president, you know, one of the members, this guy was the, um, what's the dude above the stake president, the one that reads your fortune or whatever. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've been at church. Patriarch. Okay, yeah, thanks. Okay. Thanks. The guy that gives that you a patriarchal blessing. <laughs> <laughs> so he was the patriarch for the stake. This guy had been the stake president twice. This is like the original gangster in this city in Mexico, like the first guy baptized in the 50s, you know. Okay. And he goes, I need your help. So-and-so member is sitting outside on his front, on his porch in his garments. Like you're not supposed to sit without covering your garments, yeah. your undergarments, right? Yeah. And he's going off and the president goes, well, let me ask you a question. Um, how often does he help you like with missionaries? He goes, all the time. He's, he's a great member. He's, you know, he's, he used to be the stake president. He's like telling the whole story. He's like, he twice a week helps us. He helps us bring the members to church on Sunday. And he goes, do you want him to keep doing that? He's like, well, yeah. He goes, well, then maybe quit judging him and just allow him wow. to be him, you know? And it was like such a good lesson. Wow. I'm like, oh. And it's like, and, you know, you learn that lesson all the time. I, Colin Cowherd talks about this, this, the sports announcer. He says, instead of trying to be right, just try to get it right, mm-hmm. right? That's because exactly you're going to open up so many more doors when you can get your ego out of the way. Totally. And anyway, I just that, thought that's that it. That's exactly lesson. what we're talking about. So coming back to, you know, the Lake Powell trip, we are the they there's just so many friendships that are being created. And I know that's for me, one of the highlights of the whole trip was what happened. There's 50 people around a campfire and Jimmy got up and said, I want everybody to go around and talk about the most influential person in their life. And you had two people there that had known you for 20 years and both of them got up and said, Jimmy. And I thought that was so powerful because you know, it's, it's everybody has relationships And it's a completely different thing to maintain long lasting relationships. That usually says a lot about the person in a positive way. And then it's a whole nother level when one of your friends can say, look, you're one of the most influential people in my entire life. That again, like just another couple notches of respect there. So 
that's one thing I think that is one of your geniuses, one of your natural, awesome abilities. I'm sure you've had to put a lot of work into it too, whether it's natural or you did it, but either way you have that. So let's talk about creating friendship because I think that's a big part of creating a network and that's what you're known for as well. Yeah, well, I think, it, you know, there's a, again, I have these quotes that are just embodied in my soul, right? They'll yeah. probably all end up tattooed on me one day or something because <laughs> it's just part of me, dude. But yeah. one of them is, you know, I, I don't remember where I learned this probably 20 years ago, but, you know, somebody said, nobody cares how smart you are, how rich you are, how funny you are, how good looking you are. All they care about is how they feel when they're with you. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a kid, and I'd go to my friends' houses, and their parents were just miserable, or like they just didn't make you feel welcome, or whatever. And I remember being very little and thinking to myself, when I'm an adult, when I'm older, I am going to make people feel wonderful. I'm going to make people feel good. I want people to run to me. I want people to want, when I show up, I want it to be like, oh, hell yeah, Jimmy's here. This is going to be a better day, you know? For sure. And so I've really worked my whole life to try to just embody that. And, you know, I, I don't think there's any specific thing I did for either of those guys that was like this one moment in time or whatever. But what it is, is like over time, you just treat people that way where they know you're excited to be with them. They, they have, you have that respect and you're always asking yourself, like, how can I make their life a little bit better? Yeah. And when you do that enough times, like, you know, Zig Ziglar talks about this. If you want to get everything you want in life, just help enough other people get what they want. And it's really the truth though. I mean, it's, and, and by the way, people are like, you know, they always say, well, like, how do you have the energy to do all this? And I was like, well, have you ever done it? It's really fun. Like when you just show up for people and you help their lives to be better, it actually gives you energy. It doesn't drain you. So if nothing else, if nobody else ever benefited from the stuff that I do, it's like, it's a really damn fun way for me to live. And so if nothing else, I'm going to do it for me selfishly because it's just a fun way to live life. So when you talk about that, just immediately visuals pop in my head, like the Easter egg hunt, Jimmy has a helicopter, like over the top, ridiculous, thrown out candy, your 4th of July parties, like everybody in Utah County has heard about those. And that's just probably a lot of fun to Dude, do stuff like that. It's just fun. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, there's little kids, you know, I've paid attention over the years. There's a lot of families that can't afford to do really cool things for their sure. own. There's a lot of families that can't afford it, but they don't have the time or effort to do it. There's a lot of single moms. There's a lot of single dads. There's a lot of people that, you know, they come to all these events and there's little kids that are 15 years old now that literally every holiday or every major holiday of their lives, they've had this amazing event because of me, you know, and, um, and it gives me a lot of pride knowing that I've been able to do those things. And there's families that have shown up like to every event I've ever done for 15 years and they've never used me for real estate and I'm no, and I'm totally fine with it. That's the beauty of it, dude, is I love that they're comfortable. Like I wouldn't be comfortable going probably, but (laughs) I love that they're comfortable enough to still come to all those parties and benefit from it. And And it's not contingent because there's an energy when you're doing something for other people and you truly are doing it, expecting nothing in return. It's a different energy that you put off and there's nothing grosser than when people are doing things and they're doing it like keeping a tally or keeping a score. Right. Or they're just doing it for the reaction. Yeah. Well, when people say to me, like, like, I've done so much for him and I'm like, you just blew it. Like, were you doing it because you love him or were you doing it because you expected something in return? And I I say, this is one of my favorite quotes too, is um, all pain in life, comes from unmet expectations. Mm. 
So if you're, I, do, I totally believe that. All of it, dude. Totally Every time that. you're feeling any amount of pain, it's an unmet expectation. So truly do everything expecting nothing in return and everything becomes a gift. Like, you know, and, and so the opportunities are always there for us, but people can't get it out of their own way. I mean, we are wired, we are hardwired to worry about ourselves, right? We're a machine trying to keep itself alive. But if you can get outside of yourself and you do it just because you truly want to do it and benefit other people, like everything comes back as a gift. Yeah. It's so interesting because I would guess that a lot of people have probably asked you over the years on how to network because it's one of the things. Yeah, it's the number one thing I probably get asked to speak on, to be honest. Yeah, and it, it's so interesting because just due to the question, seems like people are probably looking for the quick fix or whatever. Mm. But the other side could be just go provide value for as many people as you can, and it'll probably just naturally happen. Well, and there's some skills and some techniques and things like that. But here at the end of the day, I tell people, I go, it's not a system. It's a way of being. Like that's the biggest thing yeah, you've got to that's learn. That's what I'm talking about. You know, about. it's not a system. It's a way of being. It's a paradigm, yes. right? And now there's some things that you can do, right? Like one of the things I teach people is, um, well, everybody needs something. Figure out what it is and go create value, right? Like find out a way to benefit those people's lives and do it not expecting anything in return, what we just talked about. But another one, for example, is if you look at the, call it the hierarchy of uh, people that you're trying to network to, right? Let's say if level 10 is you know, Elon Musk or, or, or the president in most situations not probably currently, but like those high level people, right? The highest level, the bottom level is you fresh out of high school or something. Um, most people try to move up too fast. Um, so let's say you get in a room tomorrow with, you know, um, whatever the head of Apple or something, or, yeah. or with the president of, you know, Venezuela or something. I don't know. Some, <laughs> I don't think he's a very good guy, but something, you wouldn't have any benefit from that because there's not enough there. There's no value exchange. There's not anything you can probably do for that person at this point sure. where it's going to create this bond or this, this, this mutual friendship. And so what I tell people is instead of trying to go from level 10 to level one or level one to level 10, whatever is go up about two levels at a time, find somebody that's just doing a little bit more than you that's are awesome. and yeah. then find a way to create value in their lives. It's really hard not to like somebody when they make your life better. So just find someone that's doing just a little more than you. And then all of a sudden over 10, 15 years, you can, you'll be in the room with whoever you want. You know, you literally can be networked with everybody. Yeah. I loved uh, that, that moment in the Bahamas, we're all at dinner and it was just a cool moment to see like how your friendship is with different people and abundance. I think one thing you learn being around Jimmy is you just live in abundance, whether it's money, whether it's girls, whether it's friendship, whether it's anything and we're at the dinner table, and one of the guys is working on his girl game. Well, the night before, he'd said at dinner oh, is that, that his new was? goal. Yeah, because remember, I said, "What's your going forward? What's one thing that you want to work on for the next six months?" Yeah. And he said his was, "I want to talk to more girls. I want to actually go out and date." So then, boom, we're at dinner, and there's two, you know, very attractive girls, but at dinner by themselves in the Bahamas at this resort, and Jimmy uses all his pickup skills, gets their attention. <laughs> Offers to buy their dinner, all this stuff just basically sets a world class stage for this guy to go in. Like he he did he just got straight onto third base, you know, based off how it was all staged. And then once this guy went over there and it was just him with two girls, which is awesome for him because there's a bunch of single dudes here too. Jimmy turns to everybody, he's like, Nobody talked to these girls. It's his night. I know they're cute, but stay away. And I'm just like, that is the sickest thing ever. 
Yeah, that no, it's so well, cool. this fun, man. I mean, he's such a good dude, and um, you know, he doesn't understand his own power. He doesn't understand that he belongs at that table already. Hundred percent. And so, the more you can get him comfortable with that, yeah, it's like, what am you gonna like, hit on an, another girl? It's like, okay, great. But it's like for me, the value, the 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 fun in that was you know, doing that for him. And yeah. it was funny because when I first looked at him, I was like, hey, get over there. And he goes, it's not a good time. And I go, oh, it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I basically just, I told the girls, I was like, look, I'm, I was like, I, I was like, I'm already picking up dinner for these guys here. We're celebrating. We just swam with sharks. I'll just add yours to it. But yeah. I'm going to hear we're actually need that extra seat. And I just had our guy go sit with him. Yeah, he, dude, he did well, though. He sat there for an hour and he worked his game. Cool, man. Added it on Instagram. It was just cool because I think most people, I don't know if they would offer to pay for dinner. I think for most people, if they're single, they might have taken you know advantage of that situation for themselves. And you were just full abundance, didn't give a crap, and just set up your guy. And that was really cool to see that. Oh, thanks, man. It was fun. Um, that's cool to go through networking, friendship, also connecting. I've seen you connect a lot of high level people as well. And I think that's one of your, well, it's one of the things that a lot of people don't think to do, but it's such an easy way to create value for other people. If I can connect you with other great people, then you're not going to forget who did it. But what happens is people get this fear of like, oh, I'm going to miss out. They're going to do stuff without me. Like, you know, I connected some people Well, for example, I connected you with one of the guest speakers that I had on one of our calls. And he's one of the most prominent guys in the state of Utah. I mean, he's one of the wealthiest guys in the state, one of the best business people. And, you know, a lot of people would have been like, no, that's my connection. I need to be a part of this. What if they start doing something together? And for me, it's like, no, Brandon's always going to remember that he met that person through me. Like, it's a gift that I can give. And one of the cool parts about being me is I get to gift all my friends, all these relationships and connections I've already made. You know, we had one of the guys in our group, his wife was doing a fight at uh, FitCon and she wanted to fight in FitCon, but she applied and didn't make it. And we were in Hawaii on our couples trip and she was telling someone about it. And she said it was at FitCon and it caught my attention and she was all bummed out because she didn't get accepted. And I was like, wait, I was, my friend owns FitCon. Hold on a second. And I jump on the phone and 10 minutes later, she's fighting at FitCon. Wow. But even cooler than that was she got really nervous the day before the fight and she was kind of freaking out. Well, I had brought one of my buddies who specializes in high performance. Um, he lives in Dallas. He'd come on our second mastermind, the one that we did in St. George. And he calls her up and prepped her up. And then Melissa, my life coach, who you now yeah. talk to as well. Yeah. She called him, a, called her, did a free session for her and got her all pumped for a fight. And so like she was able to, because her husband took a chance on me and joined our group, she gets the benefit of all these people that I've had in my life. And I love that. Like it's yes. as like, cause I'm limited in how many people's life I can affect. I couldn't have done what Mo did with that speech. I couldn't have done what Melissa did on that. I couldn't have done what my buddy did to get her connected to FitCon, but I can connect all those pieces. And, you know, I kind of, my friends call me the alchemist cause my secret is I just put great pieces together and let the magic happen, you know, just put everything together. And so I think that is a gift that you give to other people when you're up leveling all the time. And it's a really fun way to live and, and people will never forget who connected them. For sure. Cause there's been actually multiple connections that I've got just from knowing you that's benefited me. And like when you wrote your book and that came out instantly, I bought a bunch of copies and just gave them away. And I read it cause I'm like, this is a way to try and support Jimmy. Cause he's given so much. I, and I'm always trying to look for opportunities to give. When you started the We Are The Day, I'm like, 100%, I'm going to support Jimmy in that. And oddly, that's why I started it and why I reached out to you. But, like, I've got so much more in return, even though I was trying to, like, give it back or support back. 
but well, yeah. that's the cool part. Like when you're, when you're a giver, you just attract other givers, right? Like, dude, when people like you start signing up for my mastermind, I was like, Oh, I'm onto something. <laughs> like I had the caliber of men in the group. It's yeah, insane. It's insane. And it keeps me, you know, we opened up the second group and it's just as insane. And I'm like, because, and the reason for that is because if you're a taker, you're going to get ratted out of this group. Like you for would sure. never survive. Like, you just wouldn't, you'd get kicked right out. Yeah. And so it attracts other people with a servant heart. And so it's just really cool because I want to be surrounded by people like that. And people, when they know that you're willing to give, like as much as you give me, I'm going to give you back just as much. Like yeah. they just want to be around. They want to be a part of that. And yeah. all of our lives get better. And it, since we're talking about friendship, I think if you don't, if you're not satisfied with the friendships that you have in your life, then you probably might need new friends, more givers, because I saw this firsthand with your lifelong friends there that they were all waiting for an opportunity to give back because you could, you could tell them that a lot of them would admit it, that you've given them way more than they've given you. And so now they're like, man, if there's ever anything, they would do anything for you. And it's just cool because you can feel that. And that's a totally type of different energy in that friend group. Yeah. that exists in other people's where they're always trying to take. Oh man, can take, you, take, I take, can't right? imagine at this point in life being around friends that are trying to make you look bad, talking shit behind your back, totally. trying to take advantage of you, taking from you. Like, dude, every single one of my friends I know is going to give me as much as I'm giving them. Like, yeah. I know it. I wouldn't be For around sure. them at this point if they weren't, you know? And even people you haven't known that long. I mean, you had to leave early to go to your mom's uh, wedding, but, you know, we're there the last morning, the houseboat, the beach, everything needs to be picked up. And I'm telling you guys were out there working harder than I've ever seen guys work. And that thing was picked up in 20 minutes, anchors out, trash, chairs, like it was spotless, Yeah, you know? And it, it's because I think what we're talking about, it's an opportunity to give back because they've been given so much, right? Yeah. I mean, I had to be at my mom's wedding in Brigham city at noon and we're there doing the fire walk at nine at night, the night before in Lake Palin, I had to take off in the middle of the night. But, you know, my buddies, Steve and Jeff are two of my lifelong friends and I had them drive the two houseboats back. And so I didn't have to worry about it. I had you on your wakeboarding boat. I'm yeah. not worried about that. I had yeah. all these guys that I just know or, you know, and, and I had to literally was able to leave with zero worry, with a zero concern that everything was going to be fine. Yeah, and it, everybody took care of everything. I uh, also want to talk about the law of attraction because... This is one thing that we're now trying to teach people in our company and do daily affirmations. It was so cool the other day is a lot of the affirmations that you shared are a lot of my exact word for word affirmations. I and so we just recently with everybody in the company put together a morning schedule and we're getting everybody on daily affirmations. And I think that's a big step in the law of attraction, but just being around you, I think when you're around people that are really good at the law of attraction, they live a lighter life. They live more carefree because they just know the universe yeah, is going to work out. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. going to work out. It always does. And it's so cool. Like you vibe off that and you pick that up and it's so incredible. So what's helped you learn that? Um, yeah, I think one thing that is, is just, you know, experience over time. I mean, so many things that I used to worry about. Right. And, uh, but then every single time I would just set my mind to something, it happened. Every single time that I, I really went after something, I wanted it really bad, it would come true. And over time, you start realizing like, wow, I really can make the, I am the creator of my life. Like it's going to be written the way that I write it. And so many people think that success happens by chance. They think like a success fairy comes and just touches certain people and they get lucky. It's like, no, you are a co-creator in every single thing that you're doing in your life. 
and whatever you want, if you truly manifest and you do it the right way, you absolutely can bring those things into your life. It's really cool. And a lot of 100%. times, you know, and like, I'll, I, you know, one of the things is I don't worry about this going back to this thing of expectations. I don't worry about where my life's going. I have a vision as much as strong as anybody. I mean, I am driven to where I'm going. I have a vision for what I want it to be. But, you know, 10 years ago, if you would have shown me my life today, uh, I would have never even been able to predict that it would be half as good as it is. Like I would have screwed it up if I was trying to control every aspect. I had to let go and just go, okay, I've got a vision for where I want to go and how I want to show up for people. But like God has given me so much more than I, I I would have screwed the entire thing up if I was trying to do it without, you know, just on my own. And so it's just allowing the universe to give it to you and just going, okay, I'm just going to show up. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be good. And ultimately accept whatever comes because I know in the end, it's going to end up being much better than what I could have, you know, created for myself. Yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Cause I feel like what strength in my relationship with God is creating. Mm. That's the most godlike attribute we can have. Right. Yeah. It kind of changes everything. If you believe in a higher power, something like that, that's how I feel like you can understand it more is go create and co-create is a better way to say it. But the other thing is you said something interesting, like you're living a life that's so much better than you could have ever imagined. And I always, I think it's Warren Buffett that said this, that we over, we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what what we can do in a decade or five years. Yeah. And that's probably that, right? Like you couldn't have even imagined your life now. No. But that didn't happen in one year. No. That's happened over how long? 10, 15, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, it's the course of my life. But yeah, it really is. And, you know, there's <clears throat> that Chinese parable that got really popular about, you know, the kid that goes off and, and they or the horse runs away and it comes back. I don't know if you heard that or not. But ultimately, we just, we can't put... Um, we can't put a judgment on what happens to us because we don't know if it's good or bad in the moment. Like 2020, if you were to just look at the course of my life, you would, wow, bet you wish you could do without that part of it, you know? And it's like, sure. no, I don't. Cause that was the beauty. Like I needed that to create this and whatever's coming next will prepare me for whatever's after that and so yeah. on and so on. And so, you know, it's try not to put too much judgment day to day on what's happening in your life and just have a vision for what you're trying to do really manifest what it is you want. What experiences do you want to have? What emotions do you want to have? Because when you're thinking of it that way, like how do I want to show up for other people? How do I want my life to be an example to other people? How can I help other people get closer to God or closer to their families or whatever? When you're coming from that lens, then you don't need it to be a certain way. It just, it's going to happen in the way that it happens, but you're not focused on the specific outcome. Instead, you're focused on, you know, essentially what you're doing and and the direction you're going with everything. I love that so much. Jordan Peterson always talks about, you need to have a balance between chaos and order. And some people live their whole life in chaos and some people live their whole life in order. Naturally, I believe you have one of those default wired in your brain, right? And for me, everything that you're talking about is like the perfect balance of both. Mm. You, ha- you envision what you want, and that's the order. But the chaos is it might happen in three years or it might happen in seven years, yeah. and you can't control that. And if you try and go 100% order back to expectations, right, you're just going to be disappointed. And so that's where I think the happy medium is in between those two. Yeah, it's very well said. The last thing is, is I think when people see your life right now, they're like, man, it's so freaking cool. It's so fun. You're connecting, you're doing all these events, you're doing this leadership with We Are The They. And what a lot of people don't see is the whole process to get there, right? Mm-hmm. I, w- I was out walking this week with a 50-pound weight on. I was thinking about a couple guys in our group that are doing the Ironman. 
And I just was like, you know what? That's so cool that they're going to do that. I respect that. But having watched them the last couple of weeks or months, sorry, all their stories, I'm like, what I respect more than that is the process. Because at Lake Powell, they're out getting their laps in. They're still working. Like they've sacrificed so much that nobody will see. They'll just see a bunch of posts on the Ironman day, but they're not seeing everything before that. And so I was in the real estate world for just like six months after my mission. And I'll never forget, like there was 20 agents in this office, realty executives, and nobody called, nobody did their prospecting. And I would guess that what a lot of people haven't seen about your career is probably tons of discipline and consistency put in every single day to get you to where you are. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun for me. I, you know, I think one of the biggest problems that the younger generation has right now is it feels like you can get something very quickly without the effort because you see it everywhere now, right? You see it online, you see it on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Yeah. And they don't get to see, unfortunately, that grind. Nobody's sharing that part of the journey. And so for me, whenever I speak, I tell this, you know, I tell people, I say, if you can find a picture of me in my 20s in a bar or a club, I'll give you $1,000 because they don't exist. I didn't go. All I did was grind, dude. And I'm so proud that, I, I, and honestly, grateful, lucky, I would even say that I was born when I was because I would have got distracted by all these things that are here now. It's harder than ever to keep your focus. There's a lot of noise out there. But dude, I actually had my office, when we built our new office building, I was like two years into the business, I made them build me a closet. It's like half the size of this, basically this podcast studio right here. And I had a stand-up desk, no chair. It had a dial phone. It, it wouldn't bring my cell phone in there with me. And then I filled up all the walls with my favorite quotes, my favorite people that inspired me. And every single morning for five years, I would go in that office and I would make my prospecting calls for three hours from eight to 11 every day. It was I, legendary. Bro, I did not miss. Like yeah. I didn't miss. And everybody knew when about. Jimmy's in there, leave him alone. And so all the people that were there at the beginning, it's fun for me to meet them or to talk to them or to run into them. I mean, not meet them, but because they remember. Totally. And you know, there's a guy that actually just joined our coaching group, my new round. And uh, he used to be my roommate 15 years ago. And he's been very successful himself. You know, the guy's an amazing guy. And, and he said, Jimmy, he goes, you have no idea how fun it's been for me to watch this that over the last 15 years. He goes, yeah. I was the one making fun of you because while we were all up partying, you were downstairs going to bed earlier because you had to be up in the morning to do your calls. He goes, bro, you were on a call every damn morning at like 7.30 in the morning because you had your stupid whiteboard downstairs and we'd all make fun of you because you had all your goals written out. Yeah. He's like, but I'll be damned. You hit all your goals. Wow. He's like, it's been so funny. He goes, part of me, even when I made fun of you back then, there was a part of me that was jealous because I was like, I'd never seen anything like it. And it's just really fun for me to talk to him because, you know, you get those perspectives of these guys that were there when, you know, before I, anybody knew who the hell I was, but, yeah. um, but it is, you know, it's, it's, and that's the hardest part is people, nothing in this life comes free. Nothing ever comes free. Like there's always a price has to be paid. And every time you try to shortcut it, you're going to get your ass handed to you. I'm so sure of that. You have to do the grind. You have to put the effort in. And by the way, there's no fun if you don't put the effort in. The only reason I enjoy all this stuff is because I know what it took to get it. It's the only reason. Dude, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and I got to the top. You're on the top for 20 minutes. I mean, you're in off pretty quick. You got to get off off there, right? Yeah. Dude, we could have taken a helicopter to the top. 
it just wouldn't have meant anything. It wouldn't have done anything. The view is not that cool. Like that the journey. point isn't to get to the top. The yeah. point isn't to be this hugely successful person. It's who you become to get there. It's the journey. And, and you hear that, but it really is. It was the 60 hours that we were hiking together up there. It was the nights playing, you know, uh, cards together and, and, and playing mafia together and having those bonds. It was the conversations on the hike. It was watching the guy with one leg fall down 150 times and get himself back up. That's the part that has value. That's where the emotion in it comes in. Like there's no fun in just being dropped off by a helicopter. Like that's what makes it memorable. Oh, dude. Like anytime me and my buddies are camping, once it rains or storms or something goes wrong, I'm like, okay, this is where the memory starts totally. right here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's, so, you know, like people that if you ever catch yourself wanting something easy or wanting something to come cheap, it's just a, it won't have any value to you Yeah. and B, like it just, it won't last. My philosophy's like totally changed. I think for the better. I remember in my twenties, probably thinking what everybody in their twenties thinks is that now's the time to go love and enjoy life. You're young, you're single, whatever. And I'm so glad that, you know, I buckled down in my twenties, like you totally buckled down because now in my thirties, now with family, kids, relationships, like now you can have that freedom and you have more and probably deeper relationships that you can enjoy that freedom with. Where in your 20s, it's just more of a shallow pleasure, right? Yeah, you know, when I, I get asked to speak to summer sales groups a lot, that's one yeah. of the main groups. You had me come and speak to your people one time and everything. And I always mention this. I say, look, guys, if you work hard in your 20s, you will play from ahead the rest of your life. Totally. Doors open for you that you never deserve to have open. Because what happens is people want to know who the young guy with money is or the young guy that's hustling, the young guy that's built this business up or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, doors open for you. You had no business having open and everything's just way easier. But if you squander your 20s, you spend the rest of your life playing catch up. It's so true. And nobody cares Dang. if you have money in your 30s, you're kind of supposed to. If you have, if you don't get it until your 40s, it's like it's about damn time. Yeah. But like if you start having success early in your 20s, like people want, you will just, people want you around. You're going to have investing like, you know, the law of um, um, compounding interest and, and compound yeah. on all your investments just going to take, it just has more time to do that. Starting it early. And so, I don't know, just, I just tell people, you know, I mean, you can squander your twenties, but I, the gift of my life, dude, I, and it's the one reason why I honor my entire heritage and the church I was raised and everything else, because, you know, and it might've turned out just as good. Otherwise it might not have, but I'll tell you this, like the gift of my life is that I didn't party in my twenties. Like I had a lot of fun but I was a responsible fun. I never had to worry about it the next day. I never put myself at risk. I worked so hard and you know, I couldn't, I, I'll be honest. I don't know if I could work as hard as I did in my twenties again. I wouldn't want to. I'm certainly grateful that I did it. Sure. But that guy, Jimmy in his twenties, you know, I'm so grateful for him because he set up everything for me, you know, that's happened since then. Dude, let, let's close on your life purpose because I think once you know your life purpose, everything changes and life is so much more beautiful and motivating. And, and I'm sure a lot of that came through traveling and seeing so many different cultures and people, friendships, everything. So I think, I think at least for me, it's very ins inspirational to hear your life purpose. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So the purpose of my life is to share my tremendous love with all of God's children, bringing happiness to others through my playful soul and by being an example of living an extraordinary life. So I have that written in my phone and you just said it word for word. Yeah. So no, I say it every day, word for word. Yeah. I say it every day. Is that part of your affirmations? Um, it's or not part of, it's just, that? it's Meditation just part of my, or? yeah, my morning routine. I just, yeah. I just, it's on a wall. 
um, on a poster board and I just read it every day and I have my values that I work towards and my values that I'm, you know, trying to stay away from. And, yeah. um, but in, inside of that life's purpose, you know, the purpose of my life is to share. That's the first part of it. Share okay. my tremendous love, always coming from love with all of God's children, everybody don't exclude anybody bringing happiness to others through my playful soul. Playful is one of the keywords. It's one of my number one values that I try to strive to have because when you're playful, you cannot be in a negative emotion. They don't coexist. So playful is one of the best, best values you can have because it can't coexist with negative emotions through my playful soul. And by being an example of living an extraordinary life. I want to show people what's possible. I think too many people play down in this life and I like to show, I mean, my life, if you know, you're either going to be an example for good or example for bad. And I want people to see what I'm doing and go, you know what? That's possible. I want people to be inspired by how I live, not by what I'm saying or what I'm telling them to do, yeah. but how they watch and they go, wow. Okay. 100%. Look what's possible. And you know, and hearing you say that, it's just like, I think that describes we are the, they perfectly. Like, yeah. That's exactly what it is. Have Jimmy read his life purpose. That's what you're going to experience. Well, I run it through my filter, dude. Anytime, if I'm out of line or if my energy's off at all, or if I'm just out of sync on anything, I run it through the filter of my life's purpose. And I go, where am I missing? That's awesome. If I'm being a jerk to somebody, okay, I'm yeah. not loving them. If I'm in a pissed off mood, I'm not being playful. If I'm being lazy or being you know, a bum around something, I'm not living an extraordinary life. Yeah. I can run it through the filter and see where I'm falling short and I can get back in line really quick. That's your rudder. That's what's guiding your ship, right? Yeah. So I think if you're listening to this and you're lost or you don't have your why or you're lacking motivation, it's probably because you don't know your purpose yet. And so get on that path and figure out what it is because that can change everything. If people want to know more about We Are The They or join it, is it opening up again? How does that work? Yeah, so it opens for a couple of days at a time. Um, and then, you know, we'll open it again probably in about a month or two, probably like two months. Um, and basically follow me on Instagram, Mr. Jimmy Rex. I post all over there when we're about to open it up. But then also you can go to the page and you can kind of apply now, like put your information in, and then it'll contact you when we open. That's wearethetheymovement.com. And basically it's just, you know, I knew that, uh, you know, I, I had this impression a couple of years ago that I needed to do something a little bit more with my life and, and do something huge. And that's where we are that they were, was kind of, you know, first birthed from, but, uh, it's just a movement to help men become the best version of themselves, to be authentic, vulnerable in integrity, to help each other, to support each other. It's a place where you can take your mask off and be seen for exactly who you really are and be loved in that state. And, uh, and that's why it works, man. But it's because of guys like you and it's, it's, we are the, they, because that's the power, the power of it is the group, but the power is all the guys coming together and helping each other. And I just think through a bunch of the guys, like there's guys that have totally transformed their relationships with their spouse. There's guys that have totally transformed their physical health, their financial life. Like it's all around, it's the yep. whole version. So uh, yeah, definitely look into that. It's been so incredible. Well, Jimmy, thanks for coming on today. Appreciate you, man, a lot. Thanks, man. Okay. Yeah.